Hi guys, welcome back to the DNA Podcast. We are back to review the best storylines that caught our attention from the NBA season. So let's get started. Hello and welcome everyone to the DNA Podcast. That's Amit, I'm Deepak, and as we approach the one-month mark of the NBA season, we want to go over some of the storylines that have caught our eye. Amit, how's it going? It's going well, man. I'm on bed rest, recovering from my ACL surgery, but I'm well-rested. Well-rested, and uh, well, I know what you want to talk about, so why don't we just get right into it? Alright, so we want to focus on uh, what storylines have caught our attention, and one that has particularly stood out to me has been the amount of rest that these guys who are getting paid millions of dollars to play a sport, um, they, they just don't play the sport. They just rest out games. Uh, LeBron James has rested out games 15 games into the season. Uh, so has John Wall, so has Marcus Saul, so has Joel Embiid. I get these players are recovering from injuries, but then why are we still having this issue? Why is this becoming more of a thing this early on in the season? Uh, it's it's concerning to me as a fan because if you're trying to go to any game and you expect the best players to play for your, for the opposing team or your favorite team and then you don't get that, it just affects the experience quite a lot. What do you think? Exactly. Yeah, no, and you made a couple of really good points there. I mean, I can understand players such as, uh, I mean, Joel Embiid, I think that's an anomaly where you have to rest them um, more about him later, but... Players like, say, LeBron James, 15 games into the season. I guess, does he really have to rest? No. But then they're the best team in the East, so you can't really blame him, right? But then one thing that caught my eye the other day, do you know who rested for Houston? Who? Nene. <laughs> Nene? Now, now, it was off of back-to-back. To back. First of all, yes, Nene is still in the league. He plays for Houston. Um, what was he resting? Like, Why was he resting? He played... 20 minutes the night before, and then the next night he has a DNP rest. Not that that really matters to anyone. I don't think anyone is buying a ticket to go see the night play. Mm-hmm. But I think this just speaks to coaches just early on in the season resting their players. And like you said, it's becoming more prominent year after year in the NBA. Yeah. And it used to be that it was down the stretch of the season. And now 15 games in, we have guys missing games due to rest. And then, like you said, if you're a fan going to the game, you want to see LeBron James play in Indiana and you don't get to. Yeah. That's a major disappointment. And uh, to that point, I want to uh, talk about something Kobe Bryant said last year in his retirement tour, where obviously he was banged up. He couldn't really play much. He wasn't really playing well. But he made it a purpose to play in every single road game because he knew people were going to come out and see him play. That's, that's so why you uh, buy the ticket. That's why you buy expensive tickets. Okay, if, for example, you said that the Cavs are the best team in the East. There's no argument about that. But... LeBron James rested and they lost to the lowly Pacers. They, the Pacers are supposed to be good, but they're horrible this season. There's no... Just this early on in the season, you're resting your star player and then your team goes out and loses by over 15 to the struggling team. It just makes but no that's sense to me. It, it doesn't matter to them. Like They can lose 10 more games. They're still going to win the East. You know? And that's why they can afford to rest players. But I think, like you said, it's more so from a fan's perspective that wants to see this player play. Mm-hmm. And that, that gets really, really frustrating. And I think one, one thing we want to address is that one of the main reasons these players are already wrestling is the amount of back-to-backs. And we've spoken already last year about wanting to reduce the amount of games, either that or the amount of back-to-backs. Yeah. And I think that the league is heading into that direction. 
But I mean, obviously not enough yet because uh, this early on, players are resting, and it's, it's not really a good look for the for the for the league. Yeah, and uh, you you talked about uh, when we were talking off the air, but uh, that the league is considering to drop a few preseason games, which which would be amazing, and maybe starting the season earlier, and then avoiding those back-to-back games, and getting these players who get paid so much and they get so much attention. Uh, just get their money's worth. Uh, you're paying them for a service, and why not use them to their full potential? It just makes no sense why you're trying to cram in these 82 games uh, to this limited amount of time, where where you may have back-to-back games every week or so. So that that's that's what's concerning to me. Yeah, no, and that that is true. I believe uh, into the next collective bargaining agreement, one of the the new things that will be added is uh, that the amount of preseason games will be shortened. So like you said, that should help the league. I think we're, they're taking steps in the right direction. Yeah. Player safety is the number one concern. Definitely, and, uh, definitely. I understand just, why take they're steps In that direction. I understand why they're on the back on the back end of back-to-backs. It does make sense, but do we do we need back-to-backs? What what is the reason why we have all these back-to-backs? Like if if a team is playing uh, the Raptors, if they're playing one night in in Cleveland against the best team in the East, and then they have to go home, and then the next night they're playing uh, the Golden State Warriors, the super team who has been um, playing relatively well uh, for for the past couple of weeks, right? Right, exactly, and I think those are just, uh, I guess coaches call them scheduled losses. Yeah. I mean, even though you're the Toronto Raptors, you know that a back-to-back Cleveland Warriors, the best you'll do is split most likely yeah and uh, I believe another another game we talked about was early in the season when the the anticipated matchup between Westbrook and Durant uh, unfortunately a- ended up being on a back-to-back night for the for the Thunder that had just gone into uh, the who they played the Clippers they, they right? they the beat Clippers, the Clippers a very before. close game a great victory yeah. exactly very hard-fought game and then you have to go play the Warriors the next night it was a blowout and so that's a game everyone wanted to see, and then it was over at halftime. Yeah. So that's, I think, another another thing back-to-back tampers. So let's hope that moving forward they get rid of these and then players stop resting so much, and hopefully this diminishes the number of injuries in the league, which is really what it's all about. It makes all the sense in the world to do to do to get rid of these back-to-backs. So yeah, that's that's something that I've I've taken concern in in, in this first month of the season. Uh, what's something that stood out to you? So my storyline that's caught my eye that it comes with an announcement. So I'm going to make the announcement first. I know you're very excited to hear this. Uh, everyone should be. I can't. I can't hold my anticipation. <laughs> I know. So here it goes. So obviously, since Kobe Bryant retired, I've been looking for a new favorite player. It's important to have someone you want to tune in to watch every single night they play. And I found him, and his name is Joel Embiid. And my storyline is that there is hope for the city of Philadelphia. Joel Embiid. He's played, what, eight games? Joel, nine games. Nine games is enough for me to know how good this guy is. And if you guys haven't seen him play, you better tune in. Just yesterday, in 20 minutes, he scored 26 points, had seven rebounds and two blocks, and he hit three or four three-pointers. It was amazing to watch. And I can't wait. It's probably going to take a while, but I cannot wait for his minutes restriction to just be eliminated. Every time he falls on the floor, and he took a couple of falls last night, I hold my breath because I do not want him to get injured. And let me just tell you these numbers. Like he's averaging 18 points on 49% shooting 
and he takes a lot of outside shots. He's got a really nice touch. He's averaging eight rebounds a game and over two blocks a game. That's in limited minutes, 22 minutes a game. How good is this guy? And I guess this entire time, you know, Philadelphia became the mockery of the league. Trust the process. Trust the process. Yeah. And I guess now, even though they've won like two or three games, we know what we were waiting for, and this is the guy. That's how good he is. Joel Embiid. He's got it's everything. He's got, that he's got to stop. It's fitting that he nicknamed himself he did. He, the process. He he is the he actually the, the the whenever he goes to the free throw line the the fans chant trust the process, That's and he cute. is the process. And Philadelphia, I literally tune in every night Philadelphia plays if he's going to play, and then I tune out every time he goes out. I only watch the game when he's in. And that's how exciting a player he is. Um, he can go left. He can go right in the post. He can hit the three. I, I never could have thought how good a shot he has. But he's got a really smooth offensive game. Mm-hmm. He still has to improve. Obviously, he's only played nine games. He has to stay healthy. But honestly, Joel Embiid, he's an amazing player already. He's going to win Rookie of the Year if he stays healthy. Yeah. And like I said, there's hope in the city of Philadelphia. If they can get Ben Simmons back for the last couple months of this year, yeah. see how they fit, fit in together. And maybe next year, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs, but hey, the process has arrived. And they're exciting again. They're not the mockery of, it's the, time. of the league. They, they played exactly. the, the Cavs competitively one game. Uh, they already have two victories. Two victories for the Sixers, and it's only November? That's, that's three. Impressive. Three after yesterday. They, they beat the... They beat Phoenix yesterday at home. They blew them out. That was that was the third. So they were three and ten. Oh wow! Trusting the yep. process is going well. Trusting the process is going well. That's the thing. And uh, uh, all NBA fans, well, if you're a hardcore NBA fan that's tuned into league pass games, you know how good Embiid is. But if you if you haven't, then you really should get onto onto TV. And yeah, you're not going to find him on national TV anytime soon. They are still the Sixers, but. You should at least just look up highlights of Joel Embiid and how good this guy is. All right, and that's the the storyline that has stood out to you. Yeah, no one could have seen this coming. Uh, we all knew that he was an amazing player in college, but the injuries. What he's doing, he's if that minutes restriction wasn't there, he could he could have made the All Star team already. Probably, I, I would I would definitely vote him in. I yeah. vote him in anyway. I <laughs> I say give him the Rookie of the Year, give him the MVP, put him in the Hall of Fame right now. I don't care. <laughs> That's he's, a good he guy, and he's got but, the personality to go with his play. He, I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, his even like what was it? While he was injured, when LeBron James was free agent, I think we we remember he tried to recruit LeBron James over Twitter to Philly. Philly. Uh, LeBron James didn't reply to him, which was unfortunate. But uh, <laughs> I think he felt slighted. He did feel slighted. I don't think he he, he took that the right way. Um, but that's who he is. You know, he's a he's a good character. He's funny, and. You know, the Sixers have suffered a lot, but I feel like they have found the the face of their franchise for the near future. Exactly. And like I said, wait till Ben Simmons comes back. He's he's going to be very good too. And I think uh, they're set for the future. I think it's going to take a few years, mm-hmm. but it's exciting times. And no, they're, they're, they should no longer be the mockery of the league. Perfect. So now that we've talked about the main storylines that have stood out to us, why don't we move on to the next segment of the podcast? Why, why don't you explain that to us, Deepak? Sure. So what we're going to do is we wrote down some questions that we're going to ask each other in a rapid-fire format. I think we're going to do, let's say, three each. And mm-hmm. the other person, after giving some context, prior to me asking the question or you asking the question, will get 20 seconds to answer. And uh, let's, let's just get right into it. So why don't I ask mm-hmm. my first question to you? Go for it. So... 
the, the first four teams in the East right now, standings-wise, are Cleveland. They're 10-2. and two. The Hawks are 9-4. and four. They lost this morning. Okay. The Raptors are 8-4. and four, And then the Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets, are 8-4. and four. So my question to you is, do you think that the Hornets can finish in the top four in the East? Do I think the Hornets... They, they have continuity going for them. They have a great coach. They did make a good run in the playoffs last year. They are playing really well. But I do not see them in the top four seeds uh, in the East because of the next question that I'm about to ask you. Because I believe that the Bulls uh, are going to catch that fourth seed. Uh, They've started super well. And that's my question to you. Do you think the Bulls can get home court in the first round of the playoffs? They are 8-5. They did lose to the Clippers last night. Very tough loss. They were up 19. But as as we talked about... uh, the upper end of the Eastern Conference is Cleveland, Atlanta, Charlotte, Toronto. Um, in my opinion, the Bulls can replace Charlotte. Uh, what do you think? That's interesting. So I did not think the Bulls would be this good. I don't know if many people did. I think I thought they would have a logjam in the backcourt with uh, non-shooters, but then it seems Dwayne Wade has uh, turned to his three-point shooter this year <laughs> somehow. I think he took like seven uh, last night, and which was like more five. than eight attempted all last year, I think. You made five, I think? I believe he made five, yeah. He's turned to his nice three-point shooter. Rondo came back from injury. So they have been better than I thought they, they, they would be initially, at least. Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't think they're going to be finished top four. They're, they're definitely going to be a tough out in the playoffs, but I think my top four will, would still be the Cavs, the Hawks, the Raptors, and then I think the Celtics, now that they've got Al Horford and Jay Crowder back from injury, I think they're going to start making some strides. I mean, it's really early to talk about standings and positioning yet, yeah. but I do think the Celtics will leapfrog uh, the Bulls and the Hornets to get into the top four. Okay. Okay. So why don't you give me your second question? Yeah, so my next question has to do with the scoring in this league and by player. So it's it's off to a crazy start. There's so many players averaging a ton of points. Uh, Isaiah Thomas averaging 26 points a game. Andrew Wiggins, 25. But I'm going to focus at the top. The top of the league right now in scoring is DeMar DeRozan. He's averaging 33 points a game on over 50% shooting, barely making any threes. Um, so my question to you is, do you think at the end of the year he will lead the league in scoring? Now, just for some context, number two is Anthony Davis tied with Russell Westbrook. They're both averaging 31.7. And then Damian Lillard and James Harding are averaging 28.7 points. No, I don't think he can keep it up. He, For his career, he is uh, not a tremendously good field goal percentage shooter. He's a chucker. He's known to be. He's off to a really really hot start it's been a month and he's keeping it up which is really impressive but i do think the the teams that he plays are going to take notice and send multiple defenders at him and if he if he can't um if he's getting double or triple teamed he has to pass it out uh and make make plays and i'm not sure how his playmaking abilities uh are and maybe he just becomes goes back to being a chucker and taking more uh, lower field goal percentage shots. So in my opinion, he doesn't. I do think uh, James Harden uh, wins the, the scoring title this year. And uh, it's, it's going to be a fun race to watch just because of the stats that everyone's putting up. But I, no, I don't think that he can keep it up. All right. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I mean, I, I tend to agree with that. It's hard to just 
keep up what he's doing because he takes strictly mid-range jumpers and I mean he takes a lot of free throws too he's an 80% free throw shooter right but it's, it's hard it's, it's, it seems unsustainable exactly so talking about big stat lines to start the season I can't believe I'm even asking you this question because it might be a possibility but do you actually think that Russell Westbrook can average a triple-double given that in the first month of the season he's averaged 31 points per game as you said uh, 10 assists and 9.6 rebounds he is essentially averaging a triple-double right now so that is insane he is essentially averaging triple-double with 30, 32 points a game. I mean how can you do that it's, it's unbelievable. Um, to, to notice that he's not even playing 35 minutes a game. So he's doing this in 34 minutes a game, shooting 45% from the field. Um, that's extremely, extremely impressive. If he was to average a triple-double for the entire year, he'd be the first player to do so since Oscar Robertson. Mm-hmm. Um, all that being said, I just I, I can't get myself to say yes. I can't envision him averaging a triple-double for the entire season. We already spoke about how grueling the NBA is. The schedule is with back-to-backs, 82 games. And then the style of play Westbrook plays is, is just full throttle all the time. And I, I, I kind of worry about the injury factor. Yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of worried he may, he may run out of steam at some point. So as much as I would like him to, I don't think he's going to have a triple-double. But he's going to get very, very close. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll be very, very close. Something like 9.6 rebounds. But... Not essentially no, yeah. that. 10, 10, If he 10. misses it by 0.4 of a rebound, I think yeah. that would be just terrible. Yeah. I think he would try to go out in the last few games of the season just grab 20 rebounds a game. And he's, he's capable to do so. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So that, that's my second question for you. All right, great. So my last question to you is, uh, we spoke about the Clippers briefly. They beat the Chicago Bulls yesterday at home in a really, really close game. Mm-hmm. They're off to an amazing start. They're, they are 12-2, and two and they're atop the Western Conference. So my question to you is simple. Do you think, at the end of the season, the Clippers will be still atop of, at the top of the Western Conference? Do I think they will get the best record in the Western Conference? Yeah. That's tough. That's a tough question. I think um, waiting for the trade deadline, if they can make a move for another perimeter player who who can play the three for them I think that that would block them up for the number one seed but if not I I can see them being very competitive but with Golden State starting to play well and uh, not having trouble beating teams is uh, is concerning for the Clippers as well Um, but if they can make a move because the title contenders that they have to go through uh, in the Western Conference I mean Kevin Durant Kawhi Leonard to just name a few, and then there's that beast LeBron James in the East. Uh, they just need a better three uh, to play to play this small forward position and and come come through for them in the playoffs as well. I don't think Paul Pierce is that guy or Luke Mambute, uh, if that's how you say his name. Uh, no, no slide to them, but I think they do need to upgrade in order to to have the best record in the West. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think the Warriors will be the best uh, record in the West. They've won seven straight. They look really good. Although, uh, at times, defensively, they don't look as solid as they used to. The Warriors, I think they're picking it up. But, yeah, definitely the Clippers have started out really, really well. And uh, all credit to Blake Griffin. He's having an amazing season. He's up there for MVP consideration if he keeps this up. Definitely. All right. Staying on the Western Conference, my next question. 
is do you think the Blazers will be the odd team out of the Western Conference playoffs? Because they're only seven and six right now. Uh, no, actually seven and seven. And their past three games, they've lost handedly to uh, the likes of the Bulls, uh, the Rockets, and most recently the Pelicans. They're currently ninth in the West. The Lakers are eighth, seven and six, and they're holding off teams like Minnesota and Sacramento, who shouldn't be making a run for the playoffs. But do you think Portland can keep it up? Or, or keep it down, you mean? Keep it down. Keep it down. <laughs> so why don't we go through a team that I believe will make the playoffs in the West? I think I think the following teams are just locks. Uh, Clippers, obviously. Warriors, Spurs, Thunder, Grizzlies, Rockets. That's six teams right there that I think are just locks for the playoffs. Okay. And then out of the rest of the teams in the West, I think Utah, who is 7-7 seven seven so far. I think they'll, they'll get the seventh seed. Okay. And so let's say the we're just battling for the eighth spot, and the battle for the eighth spot will be between the likes of the Blazers, the Lakers, the T Wolves, and I, I I suppose that's pretty much it. Yeah. And just on the last podcast, I predicted the Lakers will make the playoffs. Very ambitious, um, wishful thinking for the most part. Yes, but I'm not ready to back down from that. They've they've kept it up. They're still playing well. Uh, played the Spurs really close throughout the Angela Russell. And so I'm going to say the Lakers get the eight seed, and yes, to answer your question, yes, the Blazers will be the odd team out in the West. Okay. I believe Portland and the Lakers make it. I just think Memphis collapses and they don't make the playoffs this year. You, you don't think Memphis? Well, Memphis looked really good over the past few games. They've won four straight. They've hold, they're holding teams to like less than 80 points a game So uh, over the last few. So Their competition I, I, hasn't been think. the best, though. They beat True, the Clippers. They beat the Clippers for sure. Good. But they lost to the Bucks. They played the Mavs. Ah, I'm not too impressed with those, those games. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So that's the rapid fire and storylines that we wanted to focus on on this pod. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for today. Uh, any last words, Deepak? Yeah, I have a couple of shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to Marcus Gasol, who hit a game-winner, a game-winning three from the corner uh, in L.A. versus the Clippers the other day, and then he did uh, the strut walking back to the bench. I thought that was amazing. The Conor McGregor, Vince McMahon walked back to the bench. I thought it was great. And uh, <laughs> nice. shout-out to Drew Holiday, who's back in the league. He's playing. Uh, yeah. I'm so happy for him that the situation with his wife kind of um, has improved enough for him to be out, back out on the floor, and he's putting up some really nice numbers, too. So shout out to him. Perfect. So that's it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure you go out and like our Facebook page. And if you have any comments, make sure you leave a message. So stay with us. Stay current. Thanks, guys.